0: morning. Great to be here with you today. It is so awesome to see so many bright and shining faces as we are able to celebrate and worship God together. It is just a wonderful and powerful thing. And as, a, as Pastor Naomi... Already shared with you for so many of you here today. We just want to say welcome back. Welcome back to Eastside. It's so great to have you in person as a part of our family. But we don't want to forget about those of you that are online still with us at this time that we love you and we are praying for you and believing God's good things for you as well here today. And I just want you to know that I am excited today that we are able to come and enjoy some fellowship together. And I want to encourage you to stick around. For a little bit after the service, there will be refreshments over that you can get in this back corner here. Make sure you grab some. You're not required to stay in the gymnasium. You can go out in the lobby, wherever wherever it is, but we just want to make space in order to do that. And I just want to start off by saying today just how thankful I am. I'm so thankful for this season. I'm so thankful for, for today. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful... That we are transition, uh, transitioning from the pandemic to the endemic. Who here is excited about that? Yeah! Thankful for the end of uh, restrictions, uh, being able to go to restaurants, grocery stores, friends' houses where there's no restrictions. I'm thankful that my kids are no longer home from school. Hallelujah! Haha. <laughs> May that never happen. No, I'm thankful for the extra time, though, I was able to spend with my family over the last year. But I want to say this. I'm really thankful for you, our church. Because as we say here at Eastside City Church, the church isn't a building. It's not uh, just the thing that we go to. It is who we are, that you are the church as the people. And I'm thankful for each and every one of you that I believe we couldn't have made it to where we are today without each and every one of you. And I'm thankful that we do live in a country, even though it has been challenged, even though there's been difficulties, that we, where we still have freedom, that we value freedom here today. And I'm going to be talking today in my message about the power of freedom, of what the blessing is of freedom. But before I dive in, to my message. I want to pray, first of all, because we know that there is a conflict that is going on in Europe right now between Russia and the Ukraine. And I really want to pray specifically for the people of Russia and the Ukraine, both of them. Why? Because they're innocent pawns. They're innocent people. They aren't a part of what their leaders are doing, but they deal with the implications and the impact of what's going on. And so I'm just going to pray for their protection. I'm going to pray for peace. I'm going to pray that God's will will be accomplished. So Father God, we thank you today, Lord, that you are the Lord of the universe. And that God, that you are not caught off guard by what happens. Lord, even though you are not the author and the originator of sin and death and destruction, God, you still speak life into these situations. And so we pray, Father God, that you would just put a hedge of protection around the people in both of these nations, Father God. We pray especially for the Ukrainian people that you would watch over them and protect them from the things that are going on. And Lord, we pray, Father God, that your peace would come into this place, that your kingdom come, that your will would be done. And Lord, I declare this today because I believe your word that what the enemy has meant for evil, the Bible declares, God, you can turn it for your good. And so we pray that there's plans that the enemy has had to cross death and despair and destruction. But God, you have called the the people to have life and life more abundantly. And we declare that today over your people. And we pray for peace in this earth today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You know, I believe that we are called to pray for all the people on the earth to experience the blessing of freedom. You know, as the rules and regulations pretty much uh, uh, ended here this week. There's a few things. I don't know if you are like me, but I, I was brought to a scene uh, from the movie Braveheart. Who knows the movie Braveheart? Where I felt like William Wallace, where and went around my house yelling, "Freedom! Freedom!" You know, freedom, freedom is such an incredible, powerful thing that God has blessed us with. And it is a gift from God. You see, freedom, the Webster's Dictionary says, is the quality or state of being free. You see, growing up, I remember when I would be able to, you know, that there were different places and times and, and seasons of life where, where you would get new freedoms, new liberties. Maybe when you were little, it was that you got to stay up that extra half an hour or hour at night. That was the, the big thing, freedom to, to, to do that. Or how about the first time, I don't know if you remember this, when you're allowed to stay home by yourself, hello. Now, I remember that as my parents went out the door. They're like, hey, we're trusting you. You don't do this. You don't do that. You don't do that. But yet for me, it was like, freedom! Or how about the thrill of getting your driver's license? Who remembers that day? You know, especially for those who grew up in places where you didn't have public transportation like me. I grew up in, a, uh, in, in the hillside of the, the town that I lived in. And, and, and so for me, getting my driver's license was like, whoa, it was going to be the big moment. Now, I remember when I was still on my learners that uh, my stepdad was teaching me how to drive. And what he was teaching me to drive was a little red Toyota pickup. And the challenging thing about learning how to drive in this truck was that it had a manual transmission. It was a stick shift. Who here grew up learning how to drive on a stick shift? You really know how to drive. The people today don't know how to drive because they don't do stick shift. That's real driving. But when I was a kid, I wasn't really excited about it because we lived on a hilly Part hills and stop signs, where we had to stop and pause, and and and, and, and I remember so many times I would uh, kill the transmission, I, I probably over a hundred times, and my stepdad thankfully was fairly patient. <laughs> and then there were those moments where I, I let out the clutch too quickly, and you know burned rubber peeled out. It was it was awesome. Um. But there was one evening where my parents were heading to a a, a church function, where I decided that, you know what, I I didn't need to wait to get my license, that I thought it would be a good idea to go drive the truck on my own. And and I I remember we lived on a private road. It was a gravel road, and I I thought it was safe. I thought it was a a good idea. It was a good idea to me. And I I, I remember that, that, that... as I jumped into the truck like a champ and proceeded to peel out of the driveway, spewing gravel everywhere, I mean, I thought it was awesome. And I remember as I went up uh, our road and I came to the last driveway, I decided at uh, at one of our neighbor's driveways that I was was gonna turn around. And and as I went to pull into the driveway, my confidence was sky high. I was feeling so good about everything until the moment where I I thought I, I hit the brake, but the car didn't stop and it kept moving and it kept going towards the neighbor's driveway or garage now in my panic i ended up stepping on the gas and launching the truck into my neighbor's house smashing the front end crushing the radiator things were spraying everywhere and in that moment my confidence quickly turned to panic as I realized that it wouldn't be too long until my parents were coming home and they had, I'd have to explain to them why their car was stuck to the neighbor's house. <laughs> now, now what, what, what's an aside to this? The, the neighbor was, it was, I still remember this moment, he poked his head out the front door <laughs> and he looked at the car, he looked at me and he said, hey man, your radiator's leaking, and he closed the door. I I don't know. I might have been like, hey, you just crashed into my house. I don't know. You see, today, in light of the season we were experiencing, I want to share, again, a message called the power of freedom. You see, freedom is a wonderful blessing that I believe should never be taken for granted. But here's my question for you today, here's what I want to wrap this discussion around. It is, what is the purpose of freedom? Or a better question might be, why did God give us freedom? Now, I'm I'm. I'm, I'm Believing here that most people here believe that in God. But if you you don't, do you believe that freedom is a gift from God? Because see, either you believe that freedom comes from God or it is something that we as human beings bestow on ourselves. That somehow we are free to be free to do the things that we want to do. You see, those are really the only two viable answers when we talk about freedom. Either it comes from God or it comes from us. And how you answer this question will shape your view of the world around you. See, if you believe that freedom is something that you choose for yourself, then you will live by your own rules, your own desires, and your own values. You'll be one that says, look, and I heard it. I, I remember going through this, especially in my teenage years and young adult years and hanging out with friends in college, and you'd say to people, hey, nobody can tell me what to do. I get to do what I want to do, and there's a certain level of truth to that initially. That you're free to make your own rules. I still remember when I lived off on my own for the first time and I thought I was really free staying up all night, eating everything I want until all of a sudden it wasn't so cool anymore. See, there's two problems with belief if we believe that, that somehow freedom is something that, that's for, that we get to choose to do whatever we want to do. Because here's what will happen inevitably, and we've seen it. And if you just step back for a minute and think a little bit about this, that your freedom most likely will collide with somebody else's freedom at some place, won't it? Because we are different people, and if we we go by our own values and what we think is best for us, eventually it's going to collide with the ideas and freedoms of somebody else. I I, I like to explain it this way. You know, one of the things that I like is when I listen to uh, music, I'm a child of the 80s. (laughs) If it's too loud, you're too old. That was a statement when I was growing up. You know, I like loud music, which is a great thing, except if I, what if I want to play my loud music at 3 a.m.? And you want to go to sleep. See, it's encroaching on what your freedoms are. You see, I believe this, that self-focused freedom leads to tension in our relationship with other people. That's why we have so many issues in life, because we want to do what we want to do. <laughs> Yeah, it's why we're, our marriages can be challenged. It's why our we see people have issues with each other because they all want to do what they want. And self focused freedom here's the second problem. Always leads to bondage. Feeding desires without limitations and restriction leads to unhealthy addictions in our life. Greed. Lust and rebellion come from just an overindulgence of desires. It's, what, it's, it's, it's where these, these areas come from, and it always brings its followers into subjugation and slavery. And so those who initially think that they're free, those who initially believe that they can do whatever they want, end up sometimes being the most discouraged, depressed, frustrated people on the planet. Can I hear an amen to that? I, 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 am I speaking the truth? You see, God did not create us to live for ourselves, but to live for him. You see, my choice in this and what I believe God wants me to share today is that he designed you to be free because he is the source of freedom. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. He says, for the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Here's what that verse, that verse is saying. The closer I am to God, the closer I am to God's presence, the more freedom I will experience. Now I know in my own life, there's nothing like meeting with God In my prayer time, when I'm praying with him and and you begin to hear his voice, you begin to sense there's a sense of peace and tranquility and freedom that comes over your life as the challenges and the problems of the world disappear. And it's just you and God. There's nothing like experiencing his closeness in worship as we praise and worship him. You see, worship is warfare. Why? Because it's where we we push down our own thoughts and we say, God, I want to focus upon you. And it releases a freedom in our heart and our life and our spirit. There's nothing like having a moment in his presence where every worry, every burden, every doubt disappears. This is glorious freedom. And some of you today, it's been a long time since you've experienced this. Some of you maybe have never had this opportunity. I'm telling you, it will change your life. It will blow your mind. It will produce a confidence in you because you know that God is with you. But what then is freedom? How do we define freedom? There's a quote that I want to bring here that says, freedom is not the liberty to do whatever one likes, but the power of doing what ought to be done. You see, we've been given the freedom to make right choices, to be able to serve God without limitations. You see, that's what God designed freedom for, so that we could serve him fully, that we could worship him with our own heart, without restriction, without limitation. Some of those things have been under attack in this last season. You see, true freedom is freedom from sin so that you can fulfill your God-designed destiny. Who would say that's freedom? Where sin doesn't have a hold on me, challenges don't have a hold on me, addictions don't have a hold on me, I'm free to do what God has designed me to do. You see, I believe that freedom is not the right to do what you want to do, but the opportunity to do what God has called you to do. And how do we know what that is? Where do we find that? Where do we find who we are created to be, what we're created to do? Well, we find that out through God's word, through the Bible. By reading and following the life-giving words of God, And I want to say this today because there's somebody here that needs to hear this. Maybe you grew up like I did. You grew up around church or you grew up around what you thought church was. And what you heard or what you believed was that church and and the Bible was just a bunch of rules that were to to hinder you and keep you from having fun and experiencing life. But here's what I believe. The Bible is not a book of limitations, but a passport to free living. Come on. Come on. When we hide God's word in our heart, it says, it keeps us from sin. You see, sin weighs us down, pulls us down. It does not produce freedom in our life. In fact, it produces slavery, bondage, death, guilt, and shame. So if if I serve God and follow the Bible, I'm an experience. His goodness. Now, here, here's what we know in life. There's been many studies. That, you know, we talk about well, rules and boundaries. Are they are they are they important? You see, there's there, there's a an attitude that's in the world right now that just says, you know, I can do whatever. I, and some people have even brought it into the church. I can just serve God however I want to. And yet, they're missing out on what I believe is true freedom and joy because we know this that. The happiest children, the happiest children are those who have clear boundaries in their life. They know what they can do, what they can't do. If they stay here, they're free. There's freedom. You know what I've learned as well? That the happiest and freest people are those who live with clear boundaries in their life. You see, boundaries and rules give opportunity for the greatest freedom. And I'm not here to try to be religious. I'm not here to be legalistic in what I'm talking about. I'm here to tell you that God gives us the parameters of how to live because he designed us. He created us. And when we walk in those things, we experience freedom. In Galatians 5.13, Paul also writes, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But he says, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. I love family gatherings. And they're great not only because you get to spend time with the people you love, that you get to hang out with them and you know, for us, it's playing games and telling stories. But I got to be honest. One of my favorite parts of family gatherings is because there's an unlimited amount of food. <laughs> you know, you get to eat stuff. I, I don't know if you do this in your family, but sometimes my wife will make things, and it's like, you can't have this until the other people come. And it's like, don't you touch that stuff. That's for the, f- are the other people's. So I have to wait for the other peoples to eat that stuff myself, which I like to do. Well, at one of our family gatherings, one of our kids learned about the blessing and challenging of freedom when encountering the bottomless chip bowl. (laughs) And we've all been around that. Your kids, if you don't pay attention, all of a sudden, what do they go for? It's not the, you know, it's not the... The peppers and the carrots, it's the chips and the candy. And and so we said, hey, you got to watch out. Watch out. Mom and dad can't watch you all the time. Watch what you eat. Watch what you eat. And of course, we return home to hear that cry that makes most parents shudder, mommy, I'm not feeling so well. What happened? Well, there was no discipline there was no boundaries there was freedom and they, and so my my child ate as much as they wanted to and it and it only to be followed by reverse digestion <laughs> trying to be kind to you here see the bible says that when we fill ourselves with what only pleases us that we will become sick in our spirits that when we feed on those things that, that without limitation, without boundaries, without rules, that when we do that, what, what should be in fun and enjoyable eventually becomes heavy and oppressive, producing uh, things that weigh us down. When, peop- when people, What people believe will be an escape from rules and responsibility usually leads to struggle, confusion, and depression. And when we declare, I'm free to do what I want to, it always leads to this place of where I don't want to be. Does that make sense? So how do we escape this? Well, one of the things Paul says here that serving produces freedom, that we're called to serve each other, we're called to love each other, we're called to walk together, that the giving of our time and our talents and our treasures releases great freedom. When we don't live for ourselves, but when we live for Jesus and we're, we're called to serve each other the way that he's called us to serve each other, it just produces freedom. And I believe this, that generous people are free people because they're not attached to they're stuff. They're not attached to their own success, their own gain, their own fulfillment. But here's the cool thing. As we give, as we give out of ourselves, as we are free to give and we're free to, and, and here's what God wants us to know is that we're, we're free to, to lavish giving on other people. That's what he's called us, one of the things that he's called us to do. As we do this, the weight of material and selfish endeavors cannot weigh us down. And then God pours back into us. And he pours back into us again. I remember when I was the youth pastor here many years ago, we would, every once in a while, on a Friday night in the summertime, you know, to break the routine of what we would do on a a regular Friday night, we would do what we called the $5 challenge. Now, if we were to do that today, it would be the $15 challenge. Okay. And what we would do is we bring... Uh, the, the, the young people together and we would put them in groups of four or whatever could comfortably fit in a car. And we would tell them that each of you are to bring five dollars and that you're to put your five dollars together and, and then that you're to go out and find a need that you can meet with your resources. And so I remember that some would go out and They'd buy diapers and formula for a family that just had a child and others that, that put their money together to buy groceries for a, a single mom who was raising her kids and it was awesome. I remember even one group one time spent, when, when uh, Dairy Queen right here on Memorial Drive used to sell 59 cent hamburgers. And so they took their 20 bucks and they bought as many 59 cent hamburgers as they could, went downtown and fed people that were in need, that people that had need. And you know what? What was awesome was, was not so much that I could share with you the, the stories of what they did, which are cool and awesome, but as, a, as we had come back together, just seeing the life that was inside of them, seeing the freedom that was in their life as they shared these stories about giving and helping and, and, and meeting a need, giving of their time and their resources and their energy. It was a powerful thing. It was life changing. More so for the person that did the giving than probably even those who received it. But serving, I said, produces freedom. We have to understand this, that as well, sacrifice also produces freedom. And I want to talk about it like this. In 1 Corinthians 8, 9, Paul goes on to write, But you must be so, I mean, you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. See, not only is serving others what we can do for them, but it's also what we're willing to give up that can help people. See, I believe this with great freedom comes great responsibility. And there's things that sometimes I see that even get into my own heart and my own life, I, I hear it sometimes from others like, well, I, I, don't, I don't need to, to do this, or I, I can do what I want to here. Why? Because God's given me the liberty to do that. And, and, and sometimes we forget that just because God gives us a freedom to do something doesn't actually mean, as Paul would say, not everything, is, uh, everything is, could be permissible, he says, but not everything is beneficial. I'm going to share something here, and, I, and as I share this, I know that I'm di- diving into an area that can be very controversial for people in the church. Uh, people often ask me, like, what is my position on, on alcohol and social drinking? And I want to say this, I understand for most it's not a big deal, and I'm not here to judge you, I'm just going to share where I come from, my position my opinion so that you understand this you see it's it's a big deal to me and I'm going to tell you why and, and I'm an abstainer because of I watched my father and my brothers who couldn't control themselves hurt people and go to jail because of alcohol controlling their lives you see it impacted my life i didn't know whether it was the first drink or the last drink But all I knew is that every turn that I witnessed alcohol and drinking, it only was pain and loss. For me, I could not see any benefits. I could only see pain. And so then as I became a youth pastor, I I, I decided, and the leader of people, I never wanted to be the reason that someone decided to begin a relationship with alcohol. Because I didn't know whether it would be the first drink. Or the last drink that would lead them to addiction, broken relationships, and emotional pain. And I decided, God, if everything in me, if it happens, I don't want it to be because of me. So I've willingly laid down my right to help others. And it's not because I'm better than anybody. I want you to hear that. It's not because I'm better than uh, other people, but it's because I want to see freedom in other people. However, to do so requires sacrifice. You see, we have to remember that the freedoms that we enjoy today are because they come from the sacrifice of others. They come from, because somebody made a sacrifice. The building that you're sitting in right now, I know some of the people were because of somebody's sacrifice. The opportunity to worship God freely is because of someone's sacrifice. You see, true freedom comes from understanding that our life is not our own. And freedom comes when we understand that we have to fully surrender to Jesus. I'm going to close with this section here today. I hope this is, is challenging you and encouraging you and inspiring you. But in 1 Corinthians 7.22, Paul writes this. And we remember, if you were a slave when the Lord called you, you're now free in the Lord. And if you were free when the Lord called you, you're now a slave of Christ. See, the people Paul was writing to, we have to understand the context and the the history of the Bible that they understood the concept of slavery. For For those in the Jewish and Roman culture, it was much different than how we understand slavery today. You see, most of the people that Paul wrote to had been slaves at one time in their life. They were either born into it or sold themselves into it for a reason. Usually because of debt. Uh, because that came from failed crops. You have to understand, they, when they, they planted things back then, there was no guarantee that anything was going to happen. They could have drought or famine or pestilence. Things would happen. And so they would have poor business decisions or they just had the inability to pay the taxes that were around them. And so what they would do is they would agree to go to somebody who was wealthier and they, to be, become their servant is the nice way, or really it was their slave's. And this is who Paul is writing to. He's writing to people that understood this. You see, it would not only keep them when they they gave themselves to be a servant to from the debtor's prison, but then it would allow them, listen, to enjoy the provisions from their master's table. See, not only did they pay their bills, but they provided for what they needed: food to eat. The debt was taken care of. A place to live. And under Roman law, servants could gain their freedom once they accumulated the agreed-upon redemption price. There was, it was part of their, their culture. It could be serving 10 years. It, it, it could be, in, you can earn this much money and we'll, we'll pay off your, 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 once your debt is paid off, you're free to go. Or if somehow in the midst of it, when the master died, if he died early, all things were forgiven. See, there was trust that... The, the, the master would take care of them along with their family and set them free once the requirements were met. Now under Jewish law, not only could slaves pay a redemption price for their freedom, but were only permitted to be under servitude for six years or until the year of Jubilee if it happened sooner. Now, the law also stated that if they were mistreated, they were to be freed immediately. Now, here's something that was very interesting in the Bible. I just read about this in Numbers as I've been going through that part of the Bible here in my Bible reading time. And it said this, if they, at the end of their time, if they love their master because of how he took care of them and their family, they could choose to become a servant or a slave for life. Now, some of you would be like, well, why would they do that? Because they were so well taken care of. And so what they would do is they would take their ear and they would put an awl through it and they'd pierce it into the, the door frame, the door priest of their house, saying, from now on, I will become your servant forever. But to do so meant they had to willfully give away their rights. But in the end, it gave them great freedom. See, this is the picture that Paul is creating when he talks about becoming a slave for Christ. That he says, look, if you want to experience true freedom, it comes through serving Jesus. It comes from tethering your life. It comes from putting that, 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 that all through your ears saying, Jesus, I want to be pierced with you. I want my life to be identified with you because we know the Bible says that Jesus, what was pierced on the what? The cross so that we would be forgiven from our sins, that he was bound to the cross so that we could have freedom in our life, that we'd be free to to worship him, free to have relationship with him, free to serve him. I love what it says in John chapter 8, verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Translation that more of you are probably familiar with: it's the sun sets you free. You are free indeed. Today, as we celebrate, and we're going to celebrate tonight in our first Sunday, as we worship God and we praise God and we pray and we declare. We're going to celebrate freedom, but I believe today that maybe some of you are here. Some of you have come into this place and you are not experiencing freedom in your life. I want you to know I'm praying for your freedom today. I've been praying praying for your freedom for months. Maybe you've been using... Your freedom to serve yourself, to serve your own desires, to serve your own want. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today saying, Will you turn your heart and say, God, I want to use my freedom to serve you? (laughs) That I want to serve you, God, with my whole heart. See, I believe this. Each and every one of you has been designed for freedom. You're designed to be free from guilt. You're designed to be free from shame. You're designed to be free from worry. You're designed to be free from worries. You've been designed to be able to serve God, to worship God with your whole heart. And God today, today wants you to be free in every part of your life.